hey, it's Dave, and you know I'm not a fan of pre-rolls, so the fact that I'm doing one, you know this is important, and it's time-sensitive, because March 21st at 5.30 Eastern, myself and my favorite book guru, Thomas Umstadt Jr., are doing a webinar on book launch secrets. And if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch, you'll learn more about it. But I just wanted to get this in here because that's right around the corner. Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. Did you ever see something and you're like, oh man, I wish I would have made that up. That's cool. And so when Evans Putman showed up in a surfpreneur short, I was like, oh, surfpreneur, how cool is that? He is an amazing entrepreneur and marketer. You'll hear me talk about this. He grew one audience to 4.5 listeners without paid ads. Welcome to Profit From Your Podcast, proven strategies to turn listeners into a livelihood. Here's your host, Dave Jackson. All right. Well, joining me via Squadcast, I found him via Podmatch. And when I saw that he had built an audience of uh, 4.5 million listeners without paid ads, I was like, oh, wait a minute, I got to get this guy on the show. And then I found out, wait a minute, he's like the expert in monetization. He is the man behind Infinite Impact Podcast, and he's been an entrepreneur for 20 years. And I was like, well, I could go on. He's a big shot smarty pants. So, uh, Evans, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Oh, thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, smarty pants, that's like one of my um, one of my friend's favorite terms, too. So, it makes me feel at home. And so, Evans is a writer. He's a marketing expert. And even with that background, as often happens in business, things weren't going exactly the way he wanted. And so he was searching around, trying to find more clients online. Ran across somebody who was looking for someone to help them write show notes for a podcast. And I was like, okay, this is, that's, that's not my jam. So it wasn't really his jam and he kept looking, but he kind of kept getting this nagging feeling like, you know, maybe I should go back and check on that show note writing gig. Eventually what happened, Dave, was I ended up reaching out to the guy his name was Pat Hyben. He was really one of those smarty pants guys in the real estate space. And we got together because the crazy thing is we found out we lived in the same town, basically. So we got together in person. I started asking him a few questions, like what his big vision was. And it turns out he was like, well, my wife is tired of writing the show notes. So that's why I posted that. But what I really want to do is I got to get some audience members. I got to grow this podcast. It's a passion project. I love doing it, but I also want to I have this dream of creating these real estate sales training university that I can then promote through the podcast if that's even possible. And I was like, okay, give me the weekend. Um, I'll come back with a plan. And I came back with a plan and I was like, let's, he was like, let's do it. And the funny thing is, Dave is like, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I had no idea how to grow a podcast, but I raised my hand and said, I'm going to do it. Let's do it. And we went all in. And that's how I got into podcasting. I was, he was the, he was the voice of the show, the expert. And I was sort of the, the guy behind the curtain turning it um, into a, a business model. And just because you don't have skill in a specific area, doesn't mean you don't have the skill. Did a lot of marketing consulting, a lot of, I got into the world of sort of online marketing as a writer. 
So the first thing that came to mind was, well, I help other people grow their audiences using content, written content. I wonder if we can do that with the podcast. So we went from a different approach where we were very proactive about, okay, who's our dream listener that we want? Because anybody can find your podcast, right? But we wanted to make sure that while everybody could find it and get value is in real estate, that's real estate. There was a specific type of agent that we wanted to work with. So we were very proactive about where are they online as far as consuming written type content and let's go put ourselves in front of them and pull them towards the podcast in that direction. So that was the first step that we did. And it, uh, it turned out it was, it's sort of like sharpening the axe and filling the cup. It takes some effort, but it really paid off in the long run, as you can see from the numbers that we were able to get because we didn't do any paid advertising whatsoever. And we grew to 150,000 average monthly listeners and then just, you know, steamrolled to that 4.5 million listener mark that you were talking about. So this was going to be a little different because now how do you get readers to turn into listeners? This was the great thing about working with Pat is that he gave me permission to fail. (laughs) More like permission just to try whatever the heck you want to, because there is no failure. It's just a data point. And we'll just, if we fall down, we'll get up and try the next thing. So what we did was, one, we first, we knew that we, we, I was in the real estate space too. So that helped. That was sort of my niche at that point. I had a real estate license. We knew that some agents were, they like to just sort of go through the motions right? Get out there and do their job, whatever. Then there was a certain agent that liked business development, personal development. They wanted to grow. They wanted to get better. And that's who we were targeting. So those were the type of guests that came on the show. First of all, it was an interview style show. And they came on and they gave the step-by-step, the meat and potatoes, as Pat liked to call it. So we knew we, we had the right content in the podcast for the right person. And how we got them to listen, we went out, we, we, we went to a couple places. We use LinkedIn for one where you can post articles. Um, we went to medium.com, which was sort of new at the time where we knew we could post articles, content, blog posts. But we came up with a specific strategy where we had, we used the episode content from an episode. We broke down the show notes and I was actually doing the work at this time. So I would create a real interesting hook for the headline. I'd create one or two paragraphs or one or two sentences, excuse me, at the top of the post that were very curiosity driven that talked about that episode. In some cases, it might be like, you know, Dave came on and he shared um, 10 amazing tips for growing, launching and growing your podcast. There's three of them below here. But if you want to listen to all of them, just click the button right below here on the podcast player, because this is what we did different. We embedded the player into the written content. So it sat there front and center, and they didn't have to go listen to our podcast on an app or anywhere else. They could just literally click that button right there and start listening on the page with the written content. So you mentioned you had permission to fail. Any particular fails that stand out? One of our biggest ones was trying our darndest to build our email list through our newsletter. 
without really giving any new real value to these people who, you know, wanted value. And for us, we kept pushing. And this is at the point where, you know, I always laugh because I'm like, we had, we were averaging about 60 to 75,000 monthly listeners and we were maybe getting two, three email opt-ins a week at the most. And I'm like, okay, this is embarrassing a little bit. We should be getting much higher. So for us, that was one of them was just trying that again and again. Another one that I can think of was um, that we, we started like jumping in and throwing in our own commercials in our podcast that didn't really, they were more of a, like a pitch fest almost. Um, and eventually what we did was we ended up doing, and it's funny because I listened to one of your episodes and I loved it because we did similar things where we brought in, we let people who enjoyed our content, who benefited from what we were offering, talk about their experience with us. And we use that as sort of like a, a mini commercial to move people to maybe opt in to our email list or go to the next thing. But um, but yeah, that was our biggest one. I still look back and I'm like, that was sort of embarrassing that we were only getting a couple of email subscribers per episode when we had such big audience numbers. So you fall down, you make some failures, you learn from them. How did Evans go about riding the ship and going in the right direction? So the first thing we do is we take a look at, well, how do we connect this to your business? What's the the end goal in mind? And who is that one? We call it the power of one, right? Like who's that one ideal dream client? What's that one ideal result you could get them that you do very well? And then, you know, what's that one ideal offer that you have that will help them get that result the easiest, the fastest? And let's sort of work backwards from that point. So we look at that and we focus on, okay, now that we know that, is our content actually serving the right person? Is it speaking to the right person? Is it is it helping them shift their identity if maybe they're not quite ready to buy yet, but they need a little bit of um, education? They need some objections covered. They need to uh, believe maybe in themselves. And once he knew what his audience needed, he switched his mindset from selling to serving and came up with a toolkit. Because what I discovered is when we focused on stop selling and serving and focusing on that agent success toolbox, that irresistible opt-in offer, because by the time I left, we had over 200 items in there. It was crazy. But our guests would actually provide those items in there. And we had a way to create a win-win for everybody. So I would find that next because to me, it's getting them on your list from your podcast, which is the biggest thing. And then from there, making sure that you have some sort of way that they can raise their hand and say, hey, I'm ready to be a buyer because we we actually, we didn't do a lot of selling. We had people come to us because of the relationship we built with them through this agent success toolbox and through the podcast itself by giving so much value that they were like, okay, I'm ready. We had people come up to us in person at events sometimes with their credit cards pulling out of their wallets, wanting to buy stuff, right? Because they had gotten big results from the free stuff, right? And I think we often forget that I like to look at it as not a transaction just to get the email address. It's more of like, here's the next step in the relationship. Um, Because as you know, some people are going to immediately raise their hand and say, I'm ready to buy right now. And then others... It, you know, when I'd look back at the numbers, I could look back and see where did this sale come from? Oh, it came. 
This person's been in our toolbox for 12 months, opening every email, taking advantage of the free membership, doing things. And now they came and bought our most expensive thing 12 months later. And so he had mentioned about creating a win-win. So what was the strategy for that? But we had a little bit of a, you know, to be 100% transparent, people had such a a respect for Pat and what he was doing. And they knew when they came on the show, they were going to be put on a pedestal. So that was sort of step one. The guest was going to, we were going to shine the light on them and make them look really good because they were really good at what they did. And they would come talk about one specific strategy they were using in their business. The tool they gave us would be tied to that strategy. That's one of the things I discovered later, why we were able to get such a high opt-in rate because we created the desire for the next step in the episode. And what we would let the guests know is, is that, hey, you can put your branding, it goes in a free members area and we shared the numbers with them. This is how many people are in there. Our email open rates are like 48, 50 something percent from the toolbox. So they open the email, they're going to find out more about you. So we would put their, their tool, their item in the toolbox. They could brand it, they could put links on it. So people could come find them later. We'd create their own little sort of space in that toolbox where we had their episode, we had their links. So they knew that these were people that had raised their hand and were interested and they were going to be much more valuable. But what we ended up doing too, Dave, was eventually we turned this into a sales funnel to where on the thank you page, because we were getting such an open rate, we gave people the opportunity to buy sort of a small taster, a $97 mini course that was really, really super valuable. I mean, it was like one of our most popular segments from our most popular course. And then we had another upsell from there. So it turned into a sales funnel and we would actually give our guests affiliate links. Eventually, this started happening was people would promote our podcast even when they weren't on the show because they knew the more people that went through that flow were potential commissions for them from affiliate sales. So we did all this, not with any forethought of would this work or this is some great, amazing plan that we came up with. We just sort of took one step at a time and solved problems and thought outside the box, you know, with not worrying about if it didn't work. And it's great when things work, but how long do you try something, right? We have the permission to fail, How long do you try something before you go, yeah, that's not working? Well, I think for us with the numbers we had, it was really quick. So we would know. And the beautiful thing was, too, is we weren't really putting any paid ads behind it. We weren't spending. I mean, the podcast was our sole engine for our business. So we were put in a position where it's like, okay, we can test and try things because we know we're doing the podcast anyway. We got a big audience. So it could be a really quick testing period for us. Yeah. So I would say probably within a month, we knew what was working and what wasn't working, but we would give it time because as you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's just a tweak of a headline or a little bit um, talking about something different. Like we were speaking of the newsletter earlier. I, I have no doubt if we would have figured out a way to message around the news letter better, we probably would have gotten more opt-in. So it was um, it was a fast testing period for us. And I think it just depends on your audience numbers, how many people are actually coming through that to be able to test it. And so behind the scenes, two things are happening. Evans is being known as the guy that's all about serving, and he's got another side effect coming his way. At this point, 
with this podcast with it. It's called, it's, it's still out there, which is crazy. Real estate rock stars was the podcast. And we built a system in this so that we were, you know, I, I was not there when we sold it. Pat was able to sell it and the podcast is still out there under another name, but it was because of that system that we created that I sort of moved over into the other space and started focusing on helping other podcasters, other coaches, consultants with their podcasts. And now we were shooting up. We were we were doing really well revenue-wise, um, growth-wise, and I just didn't feel... I, I felt like there was something bigger for me to do rather than just do that, um, a bigger impact. And that's when I... I started focusing more. I, I walked away. I didn't jump into the next thing. I spent about three or four months focusing on self-development, working on myself, because I'd become like I'd become this person who was really stressed and like sort of you probably can't tell from me now, but I was like angry. Like my daughter, I had a young daughter. I was getting I was at a short temper. So I knew something had to change. And a lot of it came, I think, from the pressure I was putting myself in that business. And it was during this time of starting meditating, starting some self time in the mornings, you know, a morning routine that the actual, the infinite impact method actually came to me through meditation. And then over time, sort of the servepreneur blueprint was created organically. And um, so, yeah, it's exciting. I'm sort of, I'm actually launching a podcast called the servepreneur blueprint. First time I've ever talked about it, but I'm, I've got the podcast cover art got the trademark and uh, I'm getting ready to launch it because I believe it's a, to me, it's more about a movement of how we can show up as entrepreneurs in a way that serves others and treats others like humans, like real, you know, relationship building. And we can actually be more successful. We create a cycle of abundance by giving rather than just always receiving, create that balance between the two. And we'll be talking about some of the new products that Evans has coming out. But speaking of products, the one thing we all entrepreneurs struggle with is pricing. It's uh, I can I can attest that it was a struggle with me too. I remember one time sitting there and being paralyzed. Am I going to charge ninety seven or one ninety seven for this thing? And just going through all the scenarios. But um, what I would do is like look at the value of the outcome you're providing for that person. And it, it, you know, I like to look at people and like what I did with Pat when I first met him, it's like, you know, what's your aspirational future, your vision of this, this ideal thing you want to create? What does that look like? And sort of getting to know if this is the big thing they want to create, it's like their aspirational dream and you can help them achieve that easier and faster than they could without you, then it's most likely something that you're going to be able to charge a little bit higher of a price, but you also have to think about, well, what's the amount of time I've put into learning what I've learned, right? What are all the ups and downs I've gone through to learn this? How many years has it taken me to learn this, right? And then go from there and start looking at that and start believing in your value. And I think that's the biggest thing is knowing what your value and also knowing that if it's like, it's like, sorry, Dave, I can't really help you with this, but I know somebody that could just knock this out of the ballpark, pass it on to somebody else. It's also multiple steps. Like for what I'm doing now, I have a, a lower priced offer then I have higher priced offers, which is, you know, more times, more masterminding, things like that. So it's, it's just a difference. I think it's like a, it's an equation that we create a value in time plus that big result that we can help people get. 
Another thing that you may be struggling with when it comes to pricing is you don't charge enough because you're kind of stuck with imposter syndrome. I mean, who would pay to buy my product? This was for me, too, is belief. Just believing that we can, one, that, well, one, that we have something that's of value. And, um, you know, I often like that. I know this has been used much in some of the circles I'm in, but the the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, Catch Me If You Can, right? He's like, they ask him, how did you, how, how did you pull off being a, a professor at a university? He's like, simple. I just stayed one or two chapters ahead of the students. You can be that person who can just reach back and lend a helping hand if you're just a couple of steps ahead of somebody. And that's what people are really looking for. They're not looking for the guru on the mountain who's just up there yelling through a, a megaphone, like, come on, you got it. You can get this thing, right? It's like they people want that person who's maybe just a, a year or two ahead of them who can reach back. So I think that belief, that imposter syndrome can be overcome by realizing that. And I think that's a huge one for me. And I think the other one is just realizing that you can just be you. You don't have to be that person you see on social media or that um, amazing podcaster that you listen to. Be you. Be your authentic self. And I think if you look at those two things, that can help you get, I mean, at least for me, it helped me like jump years ahead of where I was previously, where it was constantly in paralysis and overthinking and wondering if I was doing the right thing. Um, and just saying, you know what, I'm going to be me. I'm going to believe in myself. And I know there's somebody I can help, even if it's just one person listening to me right now, then it's been worth it. And the other thing that comes up a lot for entrepreneurs is, okay, we really do love to serve our audience, but we also have to serve our family. So how do you serve both? It wasn't easy at first because my wife and, and I, I look at this as a gift because I loved it. But my wife was, um, she was managing a really high end restaurant where we live. So she was out late at night and coming in really late. Again, of course, pulling much more weight than I ever did in this relationship, right? Where she would get up bright and early so I could get to work, lack of sleep on her end. But I spent a lot of time with my daughter as she was still like in the crib as a toddler and all that. So it was tough. Like there were times where I would have to try to sneak in a recording in between a little short nap, right? I sort of got in the cadence where it's like, okay, I know she's going to be sleeping for the next 20 minutes. Hopefully, hopefully nothing wakes her up and she starts crying and I can do, do something then. So, but it's, it's tough. And I'll go back cause I, I'll share one of the most rewarding things that I ever did when it comes to work-life balance was when I walked away from that previous business and took that time to work on myself. Because I remember after a few months, I came into the house and my daughter looked at me and she's just out of the blue, randomly. She's like, do you know why I like you, dad? And I was like, why is that? She's like, you don't yell anymore. And I was like, okay. So to me, it has to be intentional. Work-life balance can be achieved, but it has to be intentional. You can't just sort of, and I learned this from Pat too, if it's important, you put it in the calendar. Even if it's taking your daughter to swing on the swing set, it's in your calendar, right? You make you make the important priorities the important priorities and you don't let life take over. And it can be tough. I'm not, I'm not even close to perfect at any of this. And um always a, a work in progress, but it has to be intentional. And it starts with you, 
right? Don't expect them to work around your your entrepreneurial journey. You need to decide like, hey, I know you're building something for your family, but your family wants to be a part of your life. They don't want to just see you, you know, when you're done working after a 10, 12 hour day. One thing Evans had mentioned was they had some really popular things going on and yet he pivoted to his new endeavors. How hard is that? I was really concerned. I'm thinking I'm going to leave Pat and the team. We had built a little bit of a team at this point, like four people, I think, working with us. We were like a well-oiled machine. And I put in this system, and I remember Pat actually he recorded a, a little testimonial for me one time, and he was like, it's like you created... Um, turn my podcast into an ATM where it just, you know, put out money. I didn't have to do anything. It brought me clients. It brought sales. All I had to do was like get behind the mic and share my, my passion. In my mind, if I walk away, everything's going to fall apart. It's going to be horrible. It's going to tank. It's it. I left and it actually kept going totally fine. They were able to sell it later because of the system that we had built, but. I was so concerned walking, like having that conversation with Pat. And I remember meeting with him to talk to him about this. And he, you know what he did, Dave, is he looked at me and he's like, when I told him what I was going to do, why I needed to do it, it was right after the Thanksgiving holiday. I remember we were at a Starbucks in downtown Charleston, South Carolina, um, really busy. And I'm just sitting there dreading this conversation. And when I tell him what I want to do, he's like, how can I help? And it was like right then, every bit of anxiety and stress, just I could feel it like drop off of me. And I knew I was like, this is why I was called to follow up on that podcast notes writing job announcement I saw a few years ago, because I was it was not about that. It was about meeting Pat and Pat's become such a good friend and a mentor of mine that he taught me so many things that changed my life through that period. Yeah, so it was tough, though, but it was tough. And it was also scary when it came to how am I going to pay the bills? But to be honest with you, at that point, I didn't even really, if I look back on that time, I didn't really stress out about that. I thought about, you know, I've got a skill now. I've developed something. I know I can help people and I know I can duplicate it. And that's why I knew I could create a bigger impact in the world by helping more podcasting entrepreneurs than just one podcasting entrepreneur. And that's one of the things that's kept me going over these years is just seeing how many people come up to me and um, just let me know. Like it was because of watching these videos in this coaching program that I was in that I started my podcast and that I'm doing this now. And I was able to get on this stage and it just sort of blows my mind. And it all started from making that hard decision to walk away from a successful business. So he closed the door on one opportunity. Did it work out? Wait till you hear what Evans is up to now. Are your downloads not where you want them to be? How'd you like to tap into 18 years of podcasting experience? I'm Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com. And not only do I help people launch their podcast, I help them grow them and I help them monetize. But before you can monetize, you have to have an audience and I can help. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash profit and get unlimited one-on-one consulting with me. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash profit. Go now. 
And so he's closed the door on one opportunity, but that has opened the door for two new opportunities. The first one is podcastsalesmachine.com. That's a virtual event, a masterclass that I teach regularly right now. Um, I don't have one scheduled now, but if you go there and it's not scheduled, there'll be a wait list you can get on. But what I do is I actually take people through and give them the podcast sales machine blueprint, the podcast ATM model that we've built and help them develop that in that masterclass. And it's fun. It's like, it's not a webinar. It's not a sales pitch. It's a, you know, I'm not doing a big offer stack at the end. I'm not doing slides even. It's very high energy. It's very fun. You come in, we'll actually do some work where you'll leave with the pieces in place to start building out your podcast sales machine blueprint. I give people an invitation. If they'd like me to help them further, then we can talk about that. But I want you to leave different than you were when you came. So for me, it's all about, and I think it really helps. Like you mentioned being a teaching background, David, the thing I like about it is, is because while I'm doing this for these, during this virtual event, I am actually serving and giving value where, you know, how many of you have shown up for like a webinar or something like that? And it's just slides and it's nothing valuable at all. It's not even hardly related to what you came there for in the first place. So for me, it's, and I get to do some live coaching and I get to meet really cool people. It's, you know, it's everybody's on Zoom together. We get to collaborate. You know how podcasters are. We get to, we get to network. We get to find out whose shows we can get on. I remember one time the, the internet actually, I I was going through, it was, everything's going amazing. I had one of my biggest audiences ever. My internet goes out. I pull up my phone. I'm going to hotspot it. Well, Verizon, a total different service provider, isn't even picking up bars. It's like everything shut down. I couldn't get back on, but I found out later. This was like so funny. I got messages from people like, we were worried about you, but don't worry. We all hung out for like another hour, talked about each other's podcast, ended up connecting, putting together like collaborations. And I was like, that's amazing. That's what the podcast space is really like. You know, not, it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur. Or if you run like a comedy podcast, it's it's just a very collaborative community. And I love that. And the second opportunity that he's now started is podcastprofitschool.com. It's a new community type program that I'm building, community, group coaching, et cetera. But I started with a founder's launch because for one, I wanted to just see if the market wanted what I had to offer. Right. So um, with the founders, I was like, you're going to get an amazing deal. You're going to get a ton of bonuses. But here's the thing that we're doing in Podcast Profit School is that I'm not going to just sit back and teach you, tell you what to do, etc. I'm actually going to be launching a show, putting it into my podcast ATM business model that they're all learning in Podcast Profit School. So There'll be training, but you'll also be, we'll be doing this together. You're going to be watching me do it as we go along. So, you know, I make sure that the right people are in there, that they're served first, they're collaborative community. I like to focus more on the community than the content because the content will take care of itself. Unlike a lot of different things out there, this is, it's not just a community or a membership for the sake of having content, but it's actually following my podcast ATM business model. So when you come in, 
you'll put in the whole business model from front end to back end, whether you haven't launched. Because I tell a lot of people if they haven't launched, it's good to know the the strategy ahead of time. But most people already have a podcast that are in there. And a lot of them are just frustrated because they're not getting an ROI. And these are mostly coaches, consultants, experts, and owners who they want to grow their business with their podcast. They don't want to just do social media, paid ads, all that. They feel more aligned with the way a podcast helps them and helps them get their message out there. Amen, brother. I preach that all the time. Nothing against ads, but if you want to make money, use your podcast and you are the sponsor of that show. Evans, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you. This has been amazing. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to serve everybody and just to share. I appreciate your time, Dave. Anytime I can reciprocate, I'm more than happy. Oh, such a nice guy. There's so much of that interview where I was like, preach on, brother, breach. I love when I meet somebody who who kind of just thinks like I do and brings that uh, that validation to what you've been preaching all these years. Uh, if you didn't know, I'm the head of podcaster education at Libsyn.com, which is one of the oldest and largest podcast hosting companies. And I do coaching over there as well. And one of the things I see entrepreneurs do, which is one, they start a podcast to promote their business. And again, I totally agree I'll put a link in the show notes to an episode I did on that, like why every coach should have a podcast. But the thing I see the most is what he talked about building up things on a website. Treat every episode like a blog post. Just like, hey, write your show notes as a blog and then embed the player in it and be sure to put a link to Apple, Google, Spotify, maybe uh, Amazon on there as well. Because once they follow your show, then all those answers that you're providing in your podcast are going to just make them a warmer and warmer lead. Plus, it boosts your SEO. If they share that, it boosts your SEO. It boosts your time on site. So treat every episode like a blog post. It'll really, really help at the end. And then, of course, with everything driving people back to your website, that's where the magic happens. That's where you heard him talk about building up an email list. If you want to make money with your podcast, I don't care here who you use. I like MailerLite. There's ConvertKit. There's a ton out there. Start building your email list now. I talk about this in the book as well, which you can find out at ProfitFromYourPodcast.com slash book. Speaking of Profit From Your Podcast, if you throw a slash six six at the end of that, that'll take you to today's show. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. I help podcasters. It's what I do. And I'd love to see what you and I can do together. Hey, it's Dave. Thanks for sticking around here. Again, this is not the norm, but we've kind of got a time-sensitive issue here because this webinar is March 21st about book launch secrets. It's myself and Thomas Umstadt, and then He's going to talk about this course, and it's going to basically go over everything you need to know about launching your book, and you'll learn proven principles and methods to help your next book or get your first book off the ground like a rocket. Thomas, the same way that I live and breathe podcasting, Thomas lives and breathes books, and then what's beautiful about it is his kind of mentor, James L. Rubart. It's kind of like getting Han Solo and Yoda at the same time. 
And the reason I think this is so important is this is the last time they're teaching this course. Now, the webinar you're signing up for, absolutely free, and you're going to walk away with a lot of great ideas and an offer. We're not going to lie to you. They're going to talk to you and ask you to take this course. But there's so much value in just the free webinar. I wanted to let you know that it's going on and it's happening very, very soon. March 21st. Look at the calendar. Yeah, that's like, holy cow, it's coming right up. All you have to do is go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. That's schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. I can't wait to see you there.